Welcome back to the Unaware Podcast. What's up, guys? Uh, the show where we talk about the overall idea that it's okay not to know, to be unaware. Um, today we got some great things on the agenda. Big things But today. as always, it's your host, Andrew Ludi. And your man, the myth, the legend, Whoa. Paul Canner. Can you be a little, like, a little more cocky there? <laughs> <laughs> Feeling um, cocky today, Andrew. For those of you who are watching the video, you can see that we uh, have a third gentleman sitting with us. And actually, if you watched last week's episode, we teased his appearance. So, um, please welcome my good friend, my college roommate, uh, the man from Detroit, Charlie, you everyone. Welcome, welcome. Tesla owner. That's true, he does own Tesla. <laughs> Tesla leaser. <RL>. Leaser. <laughs> How you doing today, Charlie? I'm doing good. Uh, so, for those of you that don't know, uh, I'm Charlie, Andrew's roommate from freshman year, and now good friend, I guess. Um, what do you mean, I guess? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Good I guess we were only roommates friend. freshman year, and you're, this is still like a year after graduation. Oh, yeah. So, no, no, no. I'd say good friends. Definitely good friends. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, we went to school all four years. Yeah. Um, we're yeah. excited to be on the pod, Miami University. I feel like with us, they know that dedicated oh, yeah. listeners should know that. Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah for, for the, the new people, you know, the news, the news, the newbies, the new um, people. But yeah, anyway, so Charlie's on the show. We're thankful for to have him. Um, he's going to offer some great uh, perspective and insight. And the man, if you don't know him, loves his data, loves mm-hmm. analytics, loves stats, which is so funny because I have one story to set this up real fast. Our freshman year, we were in a business core, and you got to take, you know, your jet eds, right? So we had this intro to statistics course oh, that no. was the worst, the worst course I think I took on par with calc. Was it like 161 or something? No, it was 125 and 125 225. And 225. That makes sense. Yeah. And Charlie and I were taking it at the same time. Um, and I remember this day because it's just so ironic is we finished the final exam and we both walked into our room and Charlie looks at me and goes, that is the last stats class I am ever going to take. Thank God. I said, I'm never doing statistics again and give you a giant (laughs) high five. (laughs) And then some way, somehow the man is now doing that for work. So I'll let you pick up there. Like what happened? What changed? How'd you get into it? So basically, I started working for a hospital uh, after freshman year doing just stuff within marketing. They gave me like a bunch of different jobs, you know, stuff with branding, stuff with like small thing. You think of make sure like the logo on all the forms was right. It was just a big list of things. One thing, they just pulled me aside one day, like one of my bosses, and she said, hey, take like half a day, look at our Google Analytics platform, you know, and see, you know, if you like it. And I ended up spending the whole day with it, like working through lunch. <laughs> spent the next day on it like i had other stuff i had to be doing but i was like wait this is cool i think i found something i, I don't i don't want to go deep into it now because i think it's like private information but <laughs> you would get sued <laughs> yeah um but either way it was just super cool to me and the entire time i was just like googling stuff like oh how do i do this oh i remember like hearing about uh just whatever it was at the time i was doing and i just got obsessed with it and suddenly i'm like okay I need to explore this more. Like I might have not liked those two intro classes, but I need to like learn more about this. Yeah, they were terrible. So I took then just a couple more classes that weren't required. They were just kind of extra. Realized once I got past the intro stuff and actually got deep into it, I loved it. And so I started doing it more and more and then eventually declared a minor. 
and had those almost completely done, could have graduated early, but then I decided I was going to declare a double major uh, in business analytics, and now it is my professional career. Quite the turn of events. I would say so, going from never doing stats again to now getting paid to do stats. Famous last words. Oh, man. Mm. Couldn't be me, tell you that much. Yeah, uh, same. Well, to be fair, I could have the same story, but I never did anything stats after that. Could have been that, you. So, um, I'm okay though. I'm, I'm what if where I'm at? That's true. What if? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe one day I'll go into I don't know business analytics or something. Um, Probably everybody not. else is. I, I know people are doing Hot it. Field. It's a, it is. So why like? Why do you love it? What happened in that? Like, where'd that pull the draw come from? Yeah. It was like solving, a, at least in the summer job, it was like solving a puzzle, whereas in the classes it was solving problems in a book, which is, like, important to learn. And looking kind of looking back and seeing, you know, it's looking at everything in hindsight, like, that stuff was super important for what I was then going to learn. But it was just solving problems in a book and, you know, trying to find the right answer and trying to, you mm-hmm. know, basically get an A and try to put as little work in as possible so that you could go to the bar. <laughs> and yeah, it's just in hindsight, that's just not the way that any math should be taught, but definitely not that stuff because it's like the cool thing about any kind of statistics or data or modeling. It's like you're simplifying reality and also trying to solve the puzzle. You're trying to figure out like what different data points are telling you in like a broader context. And mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to do when you're just literally doing a problem that you got in a book from a data set from the 90s. Yeah, that's so that's you true. Yeah. You feel like. Like the well, flight data set. That one. <laughs> you feel like the stuff you're doing like at this job was like actually meaningful, wh- whereas like opposed to school, you're just like, this is useless. To like, get an A. Th- there's no point of doing this. Yeah, it was to get an A, like, but it was also like the, I don't like the, the stats didn't really matter to anything that was happening like anywhere really, right? It's not that it didn't matter. It was just that it wasn't put in any kind of like meaningful context. I feel like there's like so much data out there. And I had other professors that did this, like in the, especially once I got into the later stats classes yeah. and also in like the marketing analytics class I took. Or like in the marketing analytics class I took, we literally got to pick like a company we thought was cool and do like text mining on them. Mm-hmm. So me and a couple of friends, we picked um, like Coach versus Michael Kors because we were just kind of like, oh, that would be cool to look at. Some other people did like, finding the best nightclubs in vegas which was ended up being like the funniest coolest presentation ever um but yeah it's just if you i feel like if they had worked a little bit harder to make it more meaningful for the students to make it actually interesting and like realize like oh this is actually how you can apply these techniques that we're teaching you in real life that could have been more interesting and it would have been possible too i mean i know it's an intro class so it's a lot more diverse of the students and not everyone can do the thing they want to do there might not be good data for it or it might just be impossible or they might not put any effort in because mm-hmm. they're going they know they're not going to be stats majors and they just want to finish mm-hmm. but yeah i feel like it would have been possible that was me <laughs> can i please just finish this class oh well, yeah it was i mean like the quizzes were you got uh. three tries on them and then that also like showed you when you got the wrong answer and what yeah. the right answer was it was like okay come on yeah guys. that was also me when i took stats i was like please just Mm-hmm. Let this be over with. I never want to take another dude. Math in class the second again. exam, they didn't let me use my calculator, and I knew how to do stats because of that. Dang well, it's calculator. not like you're gonna have a calculator in your pocket all the time. Come on. Oh, or you know, you can't just Google what? calculator or anything <laughs> like that. Never. You have to never. know it up here, which I get. You gotta understand. Yeah, dude. but in class, you I... had to have like a real calculator, or else they thought you were cheating. Yeah, and I did. 
They didn't let you use it on the exam. That sucks. For the, this, the first one they did, because you also we had to use a uh, JMP. Yeah, right. it's just stupid. Don't go. <laughs> <laughs> the man. I don't know like what it. that means. The software that you, you can use. It's okay. actually okay, but it's like again the way they were. It was just so boring. Like, why do I? Uh, realistically, I'm learning how to do this stuff on a computer already. That's kind of boring. Why, on top of that, are you? Do you think that I will find the flight? logs of LA airport and whether or not that's going to cause a 30 second delay remotely interesting. <laughs> like there's so much cool data out there that we could have been putting in this program and uh, we just never did. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that just needs an update in all of the materials. Yeah. And like I feel a lot like, of classes. Yeah. That's not just stats. Either. Yeah. Like there's just so many things where like when the teacher makes it relevant to the student, then it's like, Oh, I get what I'm going to, yeah. what I'm going to be doing. And I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really sure why that happens, but it definitely does. That's does. just education for you. I feel like, well, there are professors that make it. So, like, for example, I won't say him by name, but you had one professor you loved. Mm-hmm. So, like, what was different? Why, like, how did he teach, instruct, stuff like that? Like, to pull you into statistics, even yeah, with. Yeah, he was, first of all, it was his first semester ever teaching. He would just gotten his Ph.D. Whoa. So it definitely wasn't like a, he knew how to teach so well because he'd been doing it for so long. Like he was brand new. And realistically, it was because he, I mean, it might have helped a little bit that he was younger, so he was a lot fresher and a lot of stuff, and he was a lot more like he like he would play music every time he walked into the classroom. <laughs> That's fun. Walking like, music. It would be bops. <laughs> it was, like, awesome. <laughs> but I think it was just because he also just was interested in, like, connecting us with the stuff he was so at the end of the day, I think it comes down to like passion. Like if the professor is passionate about it, then they want their students to then be passionate about it. It's not just, they want their students to learn and you know, the students should be grateful that they're in the presence of this guy who's so good at this (laughs) subject that he studies. It's more like they are so passionate about it. They want other people to like it as much. And so they'll just do Mm -hmm. anything it takes to make sure their kids end up loving it. Whether that means like, letting their kids do a project on actual, mm-hmm. like, Vegas nightclubs. Like, I can't think of many professors that would let me do that. But those kids now fell in love with the subject. And, like, I remember at the last day of class, a bunch of kids stayed after, like, talked to this professor, asking him, like, oh, how can I keep learning about this stuff? I have never seen that before. Whoa. Yeah. What if the professor also went through an experience where he's like, oh, stats is the worst. <laughs> and then he did, no, like, a complete... Like flip around and he's like, I yeah. love stats. I think he like was something happened no, to I him. I think he was just a genius. He literally had, like he has a master's in neuroscience and a Dude PhD. Is a, he's a genius. genius. Yeah. Oh my goodness, he's just a cool guy. But it's also cool. And he has a master's in neuroscience and he's yeah. and a teaching PhD stats at Miami he University. Did his PhD in I believe text analysis. Or something like Guy's that. Guy's a legend. No, consumer behavior. <laughs> PhD. Yeah, he did his PhD in consumer behavior. And it's still cool that he can come to a university mm-hmm. and, like, be passionate about something. Because I think insane. you're right. I think when people are passionate about something, mm-hmm. it gets the people around them like, dude, that, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, that's kind of, like, one goal of having guests on this show is to get people to talk about what they're passionate about and, like, hear that. Yeah. And that's just one big reason, like, because then that you want to do it. It's not like uh, that, like your example of the airport stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does this mean to me? And they're not excited about it. They say yeah. they're monotone, right? So it's cool that he was passionate. I think that helped you probably. I think it's that. I think it's a mix of that. And also when you're 
when you like something so much, you want other people to like it. And you just, in anything, people have this like natural tendency to be resistant because it's like, it's new, it's scary, it's different. Huh. But then. Hmm. Sounds familiar. Oh, yeah, good, good, good segue. Um, <laughs> but when you love something so much and you want other people to love it, like you find, yeah. you find ways yeah. to make them love it. Yeah. So like for you, bring this up because you just brought that up. I, I have a friend named David mm-hmm. who is like, uh, about stats. And we were at Opub one night and I somehow came up and you're like, dude, give him my number. Like, I want to talk to him because that was me. Yeah. And I'll like, what happened? So he was also marketing, uh, came with marketing, really good at math, but just didn't know how to apply it really to math. And yeah, it sounded like it was exactly like me where he hated stats. He thought he wanted to do data analytics, but then didn't. That's a little bit different than me. But I, I talked to him for probably like 30 or 45 minutes and I felt like I was looking at like a time machine because you know the more I talked about it the more I, he I think he literally said I kind of like how it's like you're problem solving you're solving a puzzle and I was like I that's literally what I say about it all the time so you really need to do this like please um yeah and I think he he declared a minor he at least he is. he's yeah. done it yeah, yeah no and I feel like it's the nice. same thing though we're like I just wanted him to do it so badly because I knew just the way he was talking the way he was you know kind of beaten like, down that a little was bit, me. but still really, really liked this thing that I was also really interested in. I was like, you have to do it. Just try it. You have nothing to lose. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he wasn't going to do it because I talked to him about it. He's like, ah, I'm just not going to do it. And I was like, well, I have this friend named Charlie. He kind of did the same thing. And then you were like, give him my number, which was super cool because yeah. you're like, I want to talk to this kid. Like, you went out of your way. You've never met him. Mm-hmm. And then you talked to him, and it changed his life. Like, that's going to yeah. change the trajectory of where he goes at his first job. Well, it's the same thing. I'm passionate about it, and I want other people to be who I see, like, have an interest in it or mm-hmm. have the potential to be very great at it. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. Like, that that gets me excited just hearing about that. Mm-hmm. Like, people sharing passion, just going for it. Um, What's been hard, though, about data analytics stats? Like, has there been a time that you're like, ah, this just this sucks? Well, the content's hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot of math, so that in and of itself, but I've always kind of had, like, the analytical brain, and so, like, you know, I can figure it out. But I think the hardest thing is the fact that it is so new, and it's always changing. And so, at least, this is what I've found ever since graduation, where when you're in school, you have these professors that are, like, constantly up to date with what the next school program is or what it, you know... Mm-hmm. I feel like now that I'm graduated, I don't have access to that. I'm, they told me that, like, oh, yeah, by the way, guys, this is all going to be out of date by the time that, you know, the next two classes roll in. So I'm, like, Whoa. genuinely terrified about being, like, just not paying attention for a couple of years. And then suddenly everything I do, everything that I could ever think of is just outdated, and I have to, like, relearn everything. That is, like, a genuine Yeah, you have to learn graduation. the new stuff. Yeah. Not even just learning the new stuff. It could just be, like, completely different and completely outside of my oh, ability, you know? Your expertise. Yeah, my expertise. And also just, like, if I just slack on it for a couple of years, everything's changed and I know nothing. That's been a fear since graduation. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I think that's awesome. Because here's the thing. You're going to continue to be a student, yeah. and you're not going to get, like, I don't want to say this, but a lot of people who are at their job for a long time doing the mm-hmm. same thing get lazy they don't care they think they know it all Mm -hmm. like that job almost humbles you constantly keeps you learning which i think is great 
Yeah, it's cool. And also, there's so many things that haven't even, like, scratched the surface. Um, by the way, if anyone's interested in this, I recommend going to our uh, Data Science on Reddit. That's, like, <laughs> I just I read that. I'm on that daily. Um, but... Shameless yeah. plug. Shameless. It's not a plug. I mean, I'm not. I'm not involved at all. But it's just that's what I read. So if you're yeah. interested, go to it. But um, yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> so for people who are, let's say, in David's shoes, like what would you say to them? Uh, I would say to them, you're talking about just with data science. Mm-hmm. Sure. I would say to them, if you're good at math and you like solving problems, then it's like the perfect thing for you. And also, if you like computers and you like doing sort of business thinking and being just a little bit creative on one side and you're also just really well-rounded like go for it it's not that hard you just have to learn the math and then learn how to code it's going to take a long time but yeah go for it like there's so many resources out there if you want to learn it too there's so many like online courses you can take there's so there's like a free book introduction to statistical learning with applications in R. it's was written by these like stanford professors 100 percent free shows you how to do everything the math is kind of complicated, but <laughs> there's just so many resources out positive, there. Positive, positive, eh, positive. Positive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be too rosy about yeah, it, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. it's, there's so many resources out there because everyone, I like at my company right now, they said um, it's just impossible to hire data science. There's, it's like computer scientists. There's just not, or computer engineers. There's not enough of them anywhere because they all get snatched up by like Facebook so that Facebook can, you know. Figure out every thought you're ever thinking. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, I don't know. What a guy. Mark Zucker. Um, the Zuck. The Mark Zuck man. Zuck. Well, no, that's cool. Any more questions for our friend Charlie before we go on to the main topic? Uh, Yeah. So, I guess, what was, like, what was your favorite, like, statistical or like project that you've worked on like since mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah no i do it's your favorite project yeah what's on? your favorite project within the world of data science definitely yeah. the data most science. like meaningful one i wouldn't say i haven't granted i'd like just graduated so i haven't been given super important stuff but uh after i worked for the center for analytics and data science at miami mm-hmm. i did that two semesters the it's on an NDA, so I have to be careful what I say here. Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. So I worked for a big idea. hospital system, <laughs> um, and we they just asked us to build like a model that could uh, forecast future surgery volume, you know, mm-hmm. and just seeing that data play out. I think it was the last like five years, and first of all, seeing COVID is always fun because if you look at any set of data that any time series, it's going to go like this, you know, I'm like go oh, a little bit up, a little bit down up to March 2020 and then something crazy is going to happen and then it's just going to go back to like this flat line or going like sort of up sort of yeah. literally no matter I don't care if you're looking at toilet paper sales surgery volume I don't know about the toilet hot- paper shortage yeah. in March 2020 toilet paper yeah <laughs> hotel stays uh podcast equipment uh sales yeah. yeah um probably weed sales. Uh, yeah, literally everything. Everything goes like that, that. Anyways, um, but it was really, honestly, no, it was really cool because, again, going back to the idea of, like, actually putting meaning yeah. to the numbers because that's all, at the end of the day, when you're building a model or when you're running tests, that's all, it's just simplified versions of reality. It's like you're just looking at a set of numbers that help you wrap your brain around what the actual thing that you want to find out is because if you wanted, if you want to know, like, the whole truth, you just look at a thing 
But if you want to go deeper, you just, you have to do some sort of like science or stats or modeling or something. So again, cool. yeah, that was just really cool experience doing it for a hospital. Yeah. Like meaningful. Yeah, I know. They actually important. said they were going to use it and they were like, oh, cool. Now we can, there's the different uh, things we did uh, for forecasting. They were like, oh, we're going to apply this to our models now. Thank you. We're going to. Yeah, so to book surgeries more accurately. You, you made a lasting impact on the yeah. hospital. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. That's cool. So well, wholesome. Uh, yeah, that's way to be wholesome, Charlie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All about wholesome. Using data to be wholesome. Mm-hmm. Who knew? I didn't. <laughs> I was, I was, I was it, unaware. You can also use it to be evil. <laughs> but just please, if aspiring data scientists don't, because it's scary. Don't sell your soul. To someone bad. To Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to come at us. <laughs> He's going to cancel this pod. <laughs> We're starting a war. Let's go Facebook. Come on. Yeah, come on. Bring it on. What are you going to do? We'll fight it. Yeah. They'll, they'll bring us down. <laughs> cancel us. Hide us. <laughs> make where all the algorithms don't show us. <laughs> they'll make us disappear. <laughs> well, if you don't hear from us after this podcast, you know why. Red Zuckerberg's compound in Hawaii. <laughs> Well, if we're in Hawaii, that wouldn't honestly be bad. Allegedly. You know? Allegedly. <laughs> we can't say that because who knows what will happen. Um, but anyway, thanks, Charlie, for talking about that, kind of talking about who you are, what you do. Um, uh, if you want, I can put your email in the description. So if people have questions about data analytics or something, um, they can reach out to you. Yeah, or not. My secondary email. Yeah, yeah, not your main one. You can make or a burner Instagram one. your Instagram handle. Yeah, if you want people to follow you, we can talk about it. It's whatever he wants to afterwards, yeah. but put him on the spot. LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn, his phone number, his birth certificate, and social security number will all be in the description. Yeah. So my bank numbers are a 125. <laughs> you want the routing number or the account uh, number? Both, both. please. Both. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Preferably, uh, we ask for both here. Yeah, okay. uh, it just helps us just know you better. So long, we can pay you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what con? There's no such thing. But uh, today, you know, I actually didn't bring this up in the beginning, but the main topic that we kind of want to discuss and get into is the idea, just overall lifestyle of trying new things. Not only that, but sticking with it. Because mm-hmm. I think right that's on. a two-part story, right? Some people, it's easy to try new things. And then you, like, let's say you love it, and then it's really, really hard to, like, stick with it. I don't know why. But that's just a thing a lot of people struggle with. So we're going to get into that. And to kind of get into that, um, approximately like two hours ago, our friend Charlie here did something wild. And we have not debriefed on it. So this is like, for real, the first time we're talking yeah. about it. Wait, you don't know? I I asked him one question afterwards. And he goes, I... Yeah, I got Um. I, so we've talked a lot about this topic a lot. Fresh so this is all fresh. For so, me so and the last Andrew. two hours collecting um, Do you want to set it up or do you want me to set it up? Uh, yeah, I went skydiving. For the first time. <laughs> <laughs> he jumped out of a perfectly working airplane yeah. for the first time today. Yeah. Uh, Crazy, man. It was electric. Like, and I was- will say, I'm so, I've tried so hard to get a friend to jump out of a plane with me. And Charlie, last week I was at the place packing a bag. And I call him, and he's driving home, and he's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll jump next weekend. Yeah. Why not? I've always wanted to. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'd just like to say that I also yeah, agree to jump, going? When but I cannot. Can't. Oh, you can't? For health reasons. It's back. Uh, 
All right, well, at least you my got back, a good reason. My heart, anything. My back. <laughs> at least your reason isn't cowardice. That's fine. I'm yeah. not a coward, dude. Nah, no, he, I, he was going to do it. I was, he was so told, down to he do it. He told me he was going to do it. Um, yeah, well, so just real quick so everyone knows, my life philosophy is uh, I'll try anything once except for incest and folk dancing. And I and always so, add on other things. That he's <laughs> like, I guess I want to do that, but I won't do that here. Yeah, either way. Um, definitely not, <laughs> yeah, definitely not PG, but... <laughs> Uh, I, there's very few things that you've ever said. Let's do this, and I've said no to, except for getting Skyline today. But <laughs> that is the one thing getting Skyline today that he said no to, only because he didn't want Skyline. He today. was tired. We he needed to sleep. Well, we before. just ate too. Uh, yeah, yeah, we just eaten. But either way, anything. I feel like there's very few things that I've ever just when someone's like, "Do you want to do this?" That is not like a time constraint or something like that. That I've been like, yeah. "Oh no, I don't want yeah. to." That's but even fun. then. Skydiving to the general person is another level. Mm-hmm. So, like, how did you feel about going into this? And then just, like, kind of walk us through, like, how you were feeling today. And you can even go into the post-jump. Yeah, yeah like, how were you feeling this whole week knowing that you are going to be jumping out of an airplane? Well, I had a busy week, so I tried not to think about it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. honestly, I was surprised at how not nervous I was I'm going telling you people, it. it's not as scary as you think. Yeah, I was, like, yeah. like, the whole time leading up to it, I was kind of just like, eh, I mean, like, the chances are, like, super low of anything bad happening, first of all. Second of all, like, if if people were dying left and right skydiving all the time, like, I feel like it would be more regulated, so some idiot like me couldn't just pay and then do it. Plus, if you did die, that'd be a... Dope way Instantaneous, to die. <laughs> you know, and don't yeah. feel anything. You're kind of sick, but um, <laughs> at least you got to do it. Yeah, you're like exactly. I got yeah, to skydive before I died. Yeah. I you just get to fall longer to have than died most while I was you get to fall longer than most people. So that's kind of no. Okay, but <laughs> and also like I just I wasn't nervous really at all leading up. Going up in the plane was definitely the most oh, nervous I, I was. I when that still, door, when the plane went, whoom. yeah, it was like the hit the heart. <laughs> and not only oh, that, yeah. it's also like a like a Cessna, you know. So it's not like in a 747 where you just nothing's rattling hopefully and it's a little just, mini you're plane you're just sitting there you're literally there's no seats in it you're just sitting like on the ground the door well weren't you sitting on the dude's lap or yeah, the, yeah. well no in the <laughs> beginning we were i was kind of just like sitting in between his legs and then okay. when we got like up to yeah, like 9000 yeah hooked yeah me started well, getting yeah, ready cuz you jumped at 12 today yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the door is like this, like flappy piece of plastic, and then you were showing it's metal. Me the, it's metal. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Never but mind. it acts like a wing, so when you open it, it stays open because the way it's uh, shaped, the air keeps it up. That makes sense. Like another wing. Um, but there was a video that you showed me of Will Smith talking about skydiving, where he's you know talking about the anticipation, and then he kind of says like, "Oh, and then when that door opens, you realize." You've never been in an airplane with an open door before. And I had that exact <laughs> moment. I was like, oh my God. Dude. And like the when, wind was insane. Yeah. When the door so opens, loud. it's like, <laughs> like it, it hits. Yeah. yeah I, I realized I made the mistake. Of I down. recently saw that, that interview with Will Smith yeah. talking about skydiving. It's awesome. I've, I've shown it to everyone. I've taken skydiving and it gets them out the door. So it works. Yeah. They should just have it playing on loop in the, <laughs> the waiting area. They should, yeah. honestly. Or just, I honestly wouldn't mind watching it going up. Because going up was the most terrifying thing where it was like... Well, because you're just sitting there. You know yeah. you're in the plane, and it's time to like, like do it or time. shut up and go back I now down. understand why airplane windows are so small, too. Because I used to think it would be really cool if airplanes had a glass floor. 
you know, because it would be, oh, you could look down, you could see so much. And then I realized now they're small because then your perspective is like looking only outwards, not down at all. Like if you tried, you know, you'd have to press your face up against the window. But if you're just sitting there looking out the window, you wouldn't really see as much down. You're mainly looking out. So I now get that because that plane had a lot of Yeah, you can see. You You can see see everything. everything. And just looking out the window, you can see how freaking high (laughs) you are. And uh, yeah, that was, I was shaking a little bit. I was nervous, but I'm like, I'm going to, I'm definitely so, going to not, not do this. Like, I'm oh, yeah, I know. Go out of that plane. Like in that moment when the door opens, you realize like you got to do you're it. You're doing yeah. this. Yeah. 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 Or else you go down and you're like, then you're just going to be so mad and regret it. <laughs> yeah. So what, so this is my favorite thing. Like everyone that comes down, I always ask, like when you get your feet out, because you got the guy behind you and he's still there, but you're basically hanging out of the plane. <laughs> mm-hmm. What was going through your mind in that moment? Because that's where everyone kind of differs, I think. You told me not to swear, so I'm just going to say lots of swear words were going. And then it was the moment where he was sitting and I was basically dangled, Mm -hmm. essentially, right before he jumped. And then there was just a moment of complete silence where I just had no thoughts at all. And then it was just screaming and yelling. And I guess I just have to watch. I didn't black out. That was the thing that I was most like, I hope this doesn't happen because it would suck, where I've heard people just black out and don't remember. I remember that. I'm going to remember that free fall. I haven't seen that happen yet, so I don't know if that's that common. I yeah, I've just heard it. I think one of my friends went skydiving once said really? it happened to him and he was like all mad. So I'm like, oh better not that better not be. Yeah. But I will remember that fall for the rest of my life because it was the coolest thing ever. It was literally like you could see the curve of the earth, you know? I don't know if you actually could. I'm like yell that. You can. You can. There's flat anyway. Um <laughs> <laughs> I could no, see I could see where the, the ships ice were wall. I could see where the ships <laughs> were falling, you know, because they had hit the edge. It was really <laughs> um no, mm-hmm. it was it was just incredible. It, Super glad I did it. Thank you for, uh, you know, putting that out there. I've wanted to do it since fourth grade when my fourth grade teacher for her anniversary went skydiving and showed us a video. So life bucket list item achieved. Did yeah. you get a video? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're yeah. editing it. They're going to send it to me tomorrow. Amazing. I also took some of him landing and jumping out. You can, he's a little like a speck. speck. <laughs> and I zoomed all the way in and it's like, <laughs> and then you see the shoot open. Right. And it's cool because two other pro divers jumped out before him. So you see them going like they criss because they're married and they like um, crisscross and they, they do all these. They, they were holding so hands cool. in the plane. It was so cute. They're literally like <laughs> the coolest people because they always like jump out and do sick stuff together. So they were like crisscrossing and you could watch them. And then they both opened and did like these flips. Goals. Um, and Charlie's still there just falling <laughs> because they dove straight head like, down where they were arching because they want you to be up there as long as possible. Yeah. Whereas the other two were, like, head down, like, crushing it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, diving down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, actually diving. Well, they were all packed up by the time I hit the ground, yep. too. Yep, yep. Like, so, in the, when you're in the air in the canopy, like, how you move is how elevation works. So, like, if you do a sharp turn and you do 360, you drop elevation. But if you just stay straight, mm-hmm. you float more because the lift. Yeah. When you do the turn, you're basically just dropping in a straight line. Mm-hmm. So, you can kill, like, a lot of elevation and this guy was doing flips and like everything and he was landed probably a good four minutes before charlie did yeah i wanted to spend as much time up there yeah that's what that's what they do they do that on purpose they don't do and the 360s are like you feel it like you did a couple turns but then i was kind of like oh it's nice up here yeah yeah and you just look around and it's just this blissful peaceful moment yeah and it wasn't like once i was out it was not 
scary at all. Like once, especially once the shoot. Well, okay, it was scary when I was free falling, but yeah, once I feel the like shoot had opened, I was part. like, okay, now like nothing's gonna. It's, it's just gonna be you know a peaceful ride down, and it happens millions of or thousands of times a day. So it does. Yeah, yeah. So like the free fall is the, the like scariest part, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. Oh yeah. Well. There's different kinds of scary. There's scary in like the thrilling sense, you know, and mm-hmm. then there's thrilling in the anticipation sense. The thrilling sense is fun, and that's when it was like just awesome, scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The going up is like it's a mix you're, of like oh, you're just like this is kind of freaking out. <laughs> yeah. It was like going over the jump ramps uh, on water skiing for the first time. It was like, what decisions have I made in life that led me to this? <laughs> like, how did I get here? What did I do? Just like looking <laughs> down. Yeah, at where, you start having at existential crisis. And you're just like, and you're, I couldn't see. I dude, you I were ten. Here? You were twelve thousand feet in the air. Yeah, no, you're just looking in this general direction. So, how long did it last? Because this is something different. Yeah. People. Because I know how long it was, actually. Oh, you're trying to, like... Like, how, how long do you think it was? Probably, like, uh, maybe a minute. Okay. That's interesting. A lot of people say it feels like 10 to 15 seconds. Yeah. It was actually probably about 40 to 45. Okay. Yeah. It was free fall for you. Yeah. But just that the makes free sense. fall? Mm-hmm. I remember all of it. Like I, I there was definitely the adrenaline was rushing, but I like sensory was, overload hits, yeah. your brain clears, and you're like, "What am I doing?" Yeah, what? I remember free falling for forty five yes, seconds at yeah. twelve thousand feet. So the way the math works now, you yeah, guys wait a little more, so but you also caught more air, mm-hmm. so it it could vary depending on how the wind was. Mm-hmm. But the first thousand feet takes about ten seconds. Okay. Every thousand feet after that, once you hit terminal velocity, is five point six seconds. Okay, holy, jeez! So you're falling a thousand feet, basically about five to six seconds. Jeez. That's how you're going about one hundred thirty miles per hour, one hundred twenty-seven, so one hundred thirty cool. miles per hour. So That's you had a little awesome. more weight, so you yeah. probably might have felt Wait, a little faster. He was falling at one hundred thirty miles per around hour. there. Yeah, like it, it varies between like one twenty-five and one thirty, but like they were two people, but That's he's so a awesome. smaller guy, so like. The math always works out. It's somewhere around that that mm-hmm. area. So yeah, he he was falling that fast. That's so sick. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you're not supposed to look down, but I definitely like you know I had my. You oh no no, you can look down there. once once it's it's more yeah. of like just vi- seeing the ground coming at you is like oh my god, I'm getting closer, I'm getting closer, and then when the shoot pulled, I made sure to like look straight down. Yeah, that's so cool. So did you do any like flips or anything, or was it just falling straight? Uh, we f- uh, I think we flipped. Going out of the plane, we definitely didn't start out with, you know, arching. At, yeah, arch flat. Like, we definitely tumbled, like, just mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but for most of the fall, no, we were, like, completely yeah, flat. Yeah, yeah. And I am okay with that for a first time, to be honest. <laughs> My first jump, um, the guy's like, hey, do you want to do flips? And I was like, heck, yeah. <laughs> so we left the plane, and we were just like... <laughs> nice. And then two years later, I am <laughs> becoming a skydiver. So... I got out. something to aspire to then. Um, That'll be for the next that's time. so sick. That'll be for the next yeah. time. So where are you at now? So you've had like two hours to process it because mm-hmm. you jumped. You got out of the plane at 545 and it's mm-hmm. 811. Charlie's like, I want to get certified right now. <laughs> like Andrew. Uh, yeah, but where I am right now is um, I don't understand how drugs are legal and that's legal because it's the same thing. I It's like it's a high and it's 
I can see why people do it. It's definitely going to be addicting, and I definitely want to do it again. I would say so. Yeah. To skydiving? Well, like, I don't know if I've said on the show, but I've said it multiple times to people. That is the most, like, peaceful moment of my week. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Like, it's the funnest and most peaceful because when you're up there, like, me as an individual, I'm go, 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 go. I have something planned from, like, 7 a.m. to 12 at night. Like, always. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm, like, when that canopy opens and I'm just chilling, my brain is clear. Like, I can just be in that moment having no worries, not thinking about anything, looking around and being like, this is amazing. Like, true, pure bliss, almost. That's how I always describe it to people because they're like, how does it feel? You, you can't really describe the feeling. Mm-hmm. Could you? It, not it, really. No, because like, nothing I've ever done has been that big of an adrenaline rush before. Like and the for best that I got long, is bliss. For that long, too. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm like exhausted right now. I was There was a high afterwards where I was... Oh my god! I was just like antsy. I couldn't even talk. <laughs> and now it's like every endorphin, every piece of serotonin or whatever, every piece of adrenaline in my body is just gone. <laughs> it was you used know? in that boom. <laughs> it was used, yeah, because it's just for so long. You know, it's just so much. Like, oh yeah. my god, you're you're first of all, even though you're not in danger, like your yeah, reptile feels like brain you're thinks falling, you're in danger. Dude. Oh my and, gosh! Yeah, it was, it was insane, and I would definitely do it again. And um, this is not financial advice, but I recommend do. I don't know. That's what they always say on Wall Street bets. <laughs> I would recommend doing it. You know, like the guy asked me at the end, he's like, "What's your advice for the couch potatoes out there?" And I'm like, "Just do it." Literally, it's like if you can do it, then please do. That was awesome, yeah. and like it'll just be <laughs> once in a life, mm-hmm. once in a lifetime experience. For most people, yeah. Is, I guess that's the only place you can get it. Yeah. That's the only place you can get that kind of experience so far that I've found. Yeah. Wow. It's it's awesome. Um, so if anyone wants to go out there, I will take you. <laughs> I want to go. I, if you want to disobey your doctor's orders, but I won't make you, so. Well, I'll do it one day. <laughs> Give them a plug. What's it called? It's Skydive Cincinnati. Um, it's this family-run, like, just everyone there is so amazing. It's, I mean, I think the girl now that owns it, I think her dad's dad started it, and it's been around for a while. Oh, wow. And they've had jumps there. It's on this farm. You can chill out. There's couches. There's vending machines. Hey, there's even a Tetris arcade machine. Can I come watch you? Yeah, you can come watch. Can just you come want. watch. Yeah, and chill. there's picnic tables. You can get food. You can watch people land. It's a very tight community. Yeah, and like, do I have to pay to like nope. get in? No, it's a parking lot. You walk up, and you there's a field. Big and there's bag. picnic tables, and <laughs> they have geese there, and a pig, and yeah. um, dogs. Right, so a lot of people have dogs. There's like couches. Like we, mm-hmm. we were just like sleeping. We played on the chess, couches, waiting. Yeah. It like fun. it's it's my favorite place to go chill. And actually, for this podcast, I go there and I edit it while I'm there, and then I jump out of planes and I come back and edit it, <laughs> and then I jump out of planes. Um, God, your life is so hard. <laughs> hey, um, so yeah, it's it's an amazing place, and what's really cool is. I'm a student and I haven't been able to go as much, right? Like as I would like, cause it's been a busy summer, but they're like, all right, you, you paid for the full thing. You're family. Like we expect to see you here every weekend Damn. and like they grill out after family dinner. They just, they grill out and they, you know, have fun. They drink, we play cornhole and it, they just do that. Dude. Like there's bonfires, people camp there like at night. Um, and I mean, the people that work there are from all over. 
like, and have jumped all over the world, have done crazy things, have cool stories. And it's just everyone's there like, oh, hey, man, like, and they're so willing to talk. It was cool seeing you walk around and, like, know people, you know? It's kind of yeah. like how you imagine, um, like, film going a podcast to the bar there. or something. I would do that. I would interview Jamie, the owner. She's amazing. She should I film a podcast in the plane and then <laughs> jump out. Uh, wow. Just be like, all right, guys, Live I'll podcast. see you later. Dude, Dude honestly, the have, best like, intro. A record for, like, the highest Highest podcast. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna film one section of me up in a plane just so we can say that <laughs> we are the we are the highest podcast. That was definitely higher, but we'll we'll have elevation um, and altitude on the for highest sure. elevation that a podcast yeah. has been recorded. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's a good idea. Um, but no, I'm, I'm glad you liked it, man. I loved it. Um, I loved it. I'm going again, definitely. Yeah, uh, whenever I get my license, we can jump wherever we, we have want another addict. <laughs> so it's 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 just it's just different. Yeah. So again, if people want to jump, seriously, let me know and I will take you. I will give you, you that jump, family treatment. We'll draw your name out of the tip jar and then you can jump with Andrew. One day, if this podcast makes money, I will I will pay for it. I'll take people. Nice. One day, when we get there, we'll get there. But so that's like. You tried a new thing today, mm-hmm. um, and I think that is a bit of an extreme new thing. Yeah. But, you know, in life, there's all these opportunities to do new stuff. Go try new things. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any off the top of your mind? Like, besides skydiving, it doesn't have to be as extreme. It could be as small as you know, trying to I got food. a bunch off the top of yeah, my mind. I mean, yeah, yeah, same. So I, I guess uh, list talking them off. about, no, like talking about uh, the whole idea of sticking with stuff and, you know, trying new things. I've never been someone that struggled with doing something new because I'm ADD, attention deficit disorder, like as heck. Try not to swear. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Helps the pod. <laughs> um, so literally I can just like glom onto something new, get obsessed with it, get super like overly, you know, stimulated by it and throw myself into it. And then within three months I've completely fallen off of it. And then <laughs> and never even touched it again. Like, I was really obsessed with records for a while. Uh, I thought data was going to be a thing that happened. It has not happened with data. That's the one thing. That well, it's not I, your job. You kind of have to do it. Well, yeah, but <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Photography is something that I go back and forth on where I'm obsessed with it for, you know, like four months mm-hmm. and then suddenly I'm not. Same. Uh, but that one is another one that I've stuck with. But there's, let's see, there's more. Different genres of music. I bounce around genres of music all the time. Like suddenly I'm listening to, oh, hey, look, I'm going to get really obsessed with like the British invasion. And then suddenly Hamilton. Media. <laughs> I'm going to listen to Hamilton for like three months straight. And that's the only thing I'm going to listen to. I haven't yeah. listened to it in a while. Hey, maybe yeah, I'll become same. a show tunes person. And then it turns out, no, I kind of hate show tunes, but it's fine. Yeah. I know. Don't care if you love them. Um, yeah, there's just different things. So that comes with being ADD, though, because I've never been someone who's been like, oh, I don't really want to do that thing. It's like, there's a new thing. Oh my God, is it fun? Let's go do it. <laughs> but then it's just sticking with it. That is the thing that is like so hard. And it's like also that is part of the package of starting something new is you have to be able to stick with it in the long term um, and be willing to accept yeah. how little you know. Yeah. Would you agree, Paul? Yeah, I would agree with that. Like for me, well, one, this podcast was a <laughs> brand new thing that we just hey, kind of, we're just like, hey, you want to you do a podcast? I'm like, sure. Yeah, that seems new <laughs> and fun. And we've stuck with it, dude. We've stuck yeah. with it. We're on episode five six. now or something. Six. Yeah. We're in episode six, nice. Charlie. 
That's crazy. But yeah, like I picked up guitar a while back. Guitar's another one. Stuck with that for a while. Haven't really played in in a long time. Haven't really had time. Uh, Disc golf. Picked that up. Well, I like came back to it. It wasn't like new, but like competing in tournaments was new. Mm -hmm. And I've been sticking with that. Um, I would like to go skydiving. We'll we'll do it. We'll find a way. Yeah, we'll guitar, find a back brace or something. Guitar is another one for me. I picked that one up for three months. Learned four chords and then oh, haven't yes. touched G A D and C. Yeah, probably. G-A-D-E, or no, E E probably. E minor. E minor. E major. Yeah, probably. But again, I thought I was going to just be obsessed with guitar for like years, and I was going to do it, and then suddenly I just stopped and haven't picked it up again. Uh, boxing, I briefly joined the boxing club I in Miami that. Yeah. just because I'm like, Wait, this what? seems sick. Yeah, and then I was, I, I just, this new semester rolled around. I didn't go back and mm-hmm. completely forgot about it. Like, it's just mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah. I, I would, I would agree with you. I think there's a lot of things I try just because I like trying new things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And before we kind of go into the how to stick with it, like, what do people get just from your perspective out of trying new things? Like, why should people do that? Because, listen, it's comfortable not to do new things. Like, if you like where you're at, just chilling your life, mm-hmm. to that, like, normal person that's comfortable, there isn't a reason to do it. So why should they? I Is think, it- like, you gain experience in life, like, in obviously new things. But, like, life is about experiencing things. So, like, why would you not try everything you can? You know? Yeah. Plus, like, you get an adrenaline rush when it's new and exciting. Uh, It depends on what it is, but, like, usually, like, there's just that, like, you're figuring it out as you go. Depends on the person, I think. Um, What do you mean by that? Well, for me, the reason I like new things, like Paul said, it's just, like, over, you know, huge amounts of, like, stimulation. And, and, you know, there's this whole world that you didn't know about before. But then that gets boring and I walk away from it. But I think for there's a bunch of reasons to try. I mean, one community. I was I mean, about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you can find new communities when you try new things. I mean, everyone loves community, everyone loves connection. And so if you find something, you end up, you know, learning more about it and loving it. You have the potential to have a community that you really love. Um, and also, just, I mean, there's the old uh, YOLO. Like, <laughs> well, you only live once. Like, you, or why not? You know, like, why, would, why you not? Not why would you not try something? Why would you not do yeah, it? Yeah, it's like, I'm just going to flip and send it, dude. <laughs> I'm just going to send it, bro. Yeah. Um, but there's, I mean, there's different reasons yeah, that you yeah. could potentially maybe, you know, if you have, a, like, a disability or something like that. But there's always stuff out there. There's always something new to do. And I think people have, like, build themselves in these cages of, like, comfort within their heads where, oh, you know, that might take away time from this other thing that I really love. Mm. Realistically, I think if the internet has taught us anything, everyone has too much time on their hands. Like, if you're telling yourself you don't have time, you're telling yourself a lie. Like, you have time to try something new, even if it just means for a little bit, like I do all the time. Like, just try it. See if you like it. If you hate it, try it for a little bit longer. And then if you still hate it, then maybe you can quit. (laughs) I like that. Try it a little longer. I like that. But no, I, I definitely agree with both of you. I think it is different for everyone, like, especially the different levels of what they're trying. Yeah. You know, because it didn't even go down as small as trying a new meal or recipe or, like, yeah. whatever, Yeah, I've right? recently started trying to cook. 
Like it's real awesome. food. I love cooking. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I like. It's so I fun. love cooking. It is like, like especially when they have like and meats they have and like sauces. directions and stuff. I'm like, I never listen to directions. I'm that type of cook. Well, I if apologize. it's like speci- like I've been getting like Hello Fresh meals or whatever, mm. so like it's like specific. Like they have yeah. these certain. I still don't do that. Portions. I do that if I'm using a new ingredient that I've never used before. I'm just like I'm also not very good at cooking. I don't have a lot of experience with cooking, so I'm like I'm gonna follow the directions right now. But like, yeah, as I get better as it. Yeah. To be fair, I'm also not picky. Like uh, if I eat it, I'm like, oh, this is good. Uh, it's good. You know, I know a lot of people are very like ah, so specific on what they want the exact taste to be, and I get that yeah. where they're like it. It answered this when I had x amount of this yeah also i become like a perfectionist when i cook it's so weird really i'm like i need this amount and then this amount and then like i gotta make sure it's chopped up like very neat and nice Mm -hmm. so So how long are you gonna stick with trying to cook i don't know dude i'm on my last three meals it's expensive is it cheaper than eating out though was the first box this was 8.99 just because it was free with shipping but then the second box was like 80 dollars for how many meals for three meals with four portions each f- oh four Rick. portions so how many portions do you eat per meal two so then that's technically eight meals right technically so yeah. four you get eight total mm-hmm. sittings out of it and you what for 80 dollars yeah so ten dollars per meal yeah Cheaper than eating out? I didn't even think about it like that, but still. <laughs> no, cooking is always cheaper. I canceled my subscription because I was like. You should you should go to the grocery store. Obviously. Yeah. Grocery yeah. store is. The reason I did it was because, like, I got sent this free meal, mm-hmm. and Heck I was yeah. like, all right, I'll do that, and I forgot to cancel my subscription. That's how they get you, man. Charge That's 80 how bucks. they get you. And like, here I am. Services, with, stop asking for credit cards, please. Stop, <laughs> stop doing so auto times. billing. That's what I have to yeah. do. Like, I want to. I want to know when that's going to come out. Don't, like, don't I look, charge me for I it. I didn't really like get an email. Like, oh, what, no, they don't. What meals? Because I know you can't want. I signed up for something. I can't delete my account. I can only get rid of the card. So I don't know if I'm going to get. And it's like you get the first year for three dollars, and then the second year is eighty dollars. So no. I just have no idea. It's like about just six cancel months. Cancel your card. I I can't. I can only change it to. But I you can only can cancel. It's still in the no, system. No, no, no. You yeah. can cancel the card it's linked I don't to. Want to do that. So they can't charge it. That's inconvenient. I should well, probably it do helps that. I should probably do that though, because they're probably selling like it was a sketchy company. I yeah. If you can't delete your account, yeah, like, it's the product? sketchy. Yeah. What was the uh, product? It was like a photo storing thing. Oh god. <laughs> Interesting. I tried like three different ones. I tried Amazon Photos. I tried this one, and then eventually mm-hmm. I just was like, all right, I'm just gonna back it up. Yeah, now Google drive. Photos isn't doing them for free. Yeah, and especially now yeah. raw, raw files. It is what it is. Um, I just had to like up my iCloud storage again. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, I just have a hard drive. I have like physical hard drives. I just throw them. Yeah, on. that's what I did. It was so much easier. Um, that's smart. But kind of back to the question. Back to reality. I think I think a lot of people would say they like trying new things. Mm. As much as people, you know, don't or. The other thing I can say is people view trying new things as like the extreme when I would also still say it's like, oh, you try a new recipe or you try something new. Like that's the like It could be small or big. Yeah. So I think people generally like trying new things. Um, but I think where the problem comes in is even if they like it, something happens where you don't stick with it. Don't commit. Mm-hmm. I have my own theory on like why 
but I'm interested to see what you guys think. Why do people stop doing the things that they just tried and they know they like? Uh, so there's a thing in psychology. I'm, I'm not going to. Okay, I'm going to sound like one of those guys that's trying to sound like a Matt, like he has a PhD in psychology. I just read that's about just it Charlie. once and that's it made a lot of sense. <laughs> Classic um, Charlie. I don't want to say. Anyways, <laughs> it's called. I just read something about it. It's called the Dunning Kruger effect, which basically this guy tried to rob a bank and he thought if he rubbed like lemon juice on himself, he would get hidden from the security cameras. <laughs> And he Actually? was so sure. He was like, oh, like, I got this. Like, this is He's so, like, like some, some, ma- some magic, like, spell like thing. GTA that level read, right like, there, like, cheat code. Like a witchcraft book. He's like, yeah, exactly. oh, yeah, it's, it's uh, lemon you know, juice I'm on myself. Um, Makes me invisible. <laughs> oh, no, that's so bad. So he did that. Um, got caught. He robbed a second bank. <laughs> With lemon, in the, I think it was at the same like time. It was like he robbed one. And it bank. worked both Real, times. Well, no, it was with he was like, invisible. Was ten minutes of each other. You know, he robbed his first bank, drove to another bank, robbed another one. Because he's like, it worked. It worked. I got a hundred percent success rate. Let's go. Uh, Goes to a third bank. No, no, he got caught. Ran, ran, bank, ran out of lemon juice. Yeah, uh, got arrested. Decided to put lime juice on instead. Yeah, yeah it, it worked way it didn't work. less than. Yeah. Uh, so he got arrested. Uh, obviously, and then he was getting like a psych profile done, you know, trying yeah. to figure out why, who, what pr- thing he had that made him do this, and he was like totally cleared. Like he was like, this guy has no, he this guy has no psychological problems. Like he has nothing that we can pick up. And everyone was like, what? How is that possible? He rubbed lemon juice on himself and tried to rob two banks in one day. <laughs> and so these guys, uh, Dunning Kruger, like studied him, and they kind of realized what he had was something that I think they were like already kind of working on where this idea were the, there's sort of like a curve of like on the X axis, it's actual knowledge and on the Y axis, it's perceived knowledge. And so, you know, when you know nothing about something, you just know, you know, nothing about it. So you're kind of like zero, zero here. Like I know nothing about knitting and I couldn't knit if I could. <laughs> then the second you kind of learn, you know, once you get a little bit into it, you know, once you start learning, you're like, oh, my God, I am so good at this. You know, yeah. you're doing, like, some of the early easy stuff. You're like, this is, like, so cool and easy. Like, I'm I'm a natural. Like, I'm so good at this, and I should just keep doing it. So your perceived knowledge is, like, really, really high, whereas your actual knowledge is, you know, terrible. And then as you get more, as your actual knowledge grows, you kind of l- real you learn what you don't know. <laughs> And you know, like how much more you have to learn. So then it, you're, you know, if the actual and perceived should be a straight line, it drops below, you know, your perceived knowledge drops below where your actual knowledge is. So you think you and know you get more demoralized. Than you no, well, you, that's sort of at the top. And then when yeah. you go along more, you think you know less than you do. And you get uh, super demoralized. Whoa. And you're like, wow, I have so much. There's so many people that are better than me at this, so much smarter. Yeah. Oh my god! Everyone's so cool, and I suck. And I, how am I not a master at knitting after doing it for only a year? How's that eighty-year-old who's been doing it for twenty years better than me? You know, so Dude, and I it's only when it. you become, you know, sort of at let's say like an eight-eight is where you kind of match up. Where when you have a decent amount of knowledge about something, you realize there's still a lot you don't know, but you can kind of figure out. You can figure out how to learn those things a lot faster. Hmm. And. Uh, well. Yeah. So what you're saying basically is when they get to that point where they feel like they don't know as much as they actually do is when people start quitting. 
Yeah, and when they realize how much further they have to go. It's like when you realize it's sort of like going up a mountain, you know? And fall summit. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, like I'm almost there. And then you reach yeah, exactly. You reach the top and you're like, there's so much longer to go. How the heck does anyone good at this? You you feel like you spend so much time and energy and effort on this one thing Mm -hmm. and then you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm so I think it's a cause of a lot of imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Was, when you first syndrome. asked what that was, when you were looking at that, I was like, "Oh, impo-. And I'm like, "No, no, that's not it." But yeah, mm-hmm. but then you realize you're just like, "I will never." You you have this doubt in yourself. You're just like, "I'm never gonna be a master at this." So or I'm never you're, you're like, I, you're yeah. like, I thought I was a master. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I haven't mastered this. I put in all this time. Yeah, I'm not a master in it. Mm-hmm. And you, you, get, you get like, you have this doubt and you get like down on yourself because you're, you're, you thought that you were somewhere where you weren't. Mm-hmm. So do you think people like, and I think that causes them to, do they have stop. the need to be a master at the things they do? Like, are people not satisfied? I think it depends on what it is. Like if it's something they're passionate about and they're like, or they're, they were passionate about it and then they stopped doing it. But like, if they're passionate about it, they want to be a master at it. Mm-hmm. I think it's also loss of it where if you're at that sort of ridiculously high peak of like thinking you're a natural and you were meant to do this and realizing, oh no, you're just a dude you yeah. know, or a girl, you know, you just fall right in the average where you should be. Uh, that can be super demoralizing for people mm-hmm. too. Cause it's like, it's like imposter syndrome. It's like, oh my God, I was so ignorant and arrogant to think that mm-hmm. I should just walk away. I'm, you know, this is this, you know, this is just ridiculous. So have yeah, you guys felt like, that? Oh, yeah, like, dude, oh, I yeah. feel that all the time. Like with disc golf, especially, I'm like, I I watch the professionals like every week, and I'm like, how am I gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna measure up to them ever? Yeah, but like I, I'm gonna keep putting in work. Like I'm gonna try. Why? Like, what because in that I'm, mentality are you going to push through that? Like, what have you decided to do to get over that and keep with it? Just keep playing because I love it. So is it the love for it or just because you, like, physically recognize that that's a feeling you have and you're going to disregard it? Kind of both. Like, I mean, people will tell me all the time, like, they're like, oh, you, you can be a pro, like, blah, blah, blah. And then in my head, I'm like, I'm nowhere close to being a professional disc golfer, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm still going to try. Yeah. Because, like, that's, like... Why, like, though? Why else would I put on put in all this time and effort? Yeah, but a lot of people quit there, so why are you not? Have you thought about that? I don't that? know. I just have a drive to get better. I don't... Hmm. I'm just curious. I don't, I don't know, think you need to be to know, honest. But. I think it's just you kind of have to push through it. It's like something you'll go through no matter what. Yeah. Like it's, um, I think that this has just been observed in a lot of different things that people do. But how do you push through it? Uh, for me. You just do. Yeah. But like, that's <laughs> not good enough because people always get to that point and they're like, everyone's just, oh, just push through it. And people don't and they yeah. quit and they get discouraged. This effect is rampant, Dude, at least I, in Miami University data science. Just, uh, you know, that's <laughs> what I saw. It might be, every, it's probably everywhere, but. Um, I almost followed that curve perfectly. It was intro stats, hated it. Oh my God, I <laughs> learned nothing, obviously. So I was like, hell yeah, never doing it again. Yeah. And then that project 
that I did for the hospital um, over the summer probably was terrible. Honestly, I'm I'm talking about it like I suddenly, you know, the data just then spoke to me. No, looking back on it, it was probably not a line good. was shining from the yeah, sky, but it was just so fun. And then my you know boss ended up like loving it, and so that was a cool thing. Yeah, like my first ever work project that I did myself. You know, mm-hmm. but then. Going back to school, taking the classes, I was still doing well in those. So it was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a natural. Like, I got this. Like, yeah. finally found my calling. And then I started getting, like, 300-level classes at the same time. Did my first CADS project with kids that were way smarter than me, had done CADS projects, had done all this stuff before, were a year older than me, had done a lot, and immediately and kruger crashed down to, yeah. you know, where perceived knowledge is way below actual knowledge. And was like, I got to quit. Like, if this is who I'm going to be up against, like, this is, I'm going to suck. You know, I'm never going to make it in this field. I'm never going to do it again. And then, I'm trying to think. There was something that had, there's nothing, there's no specific thing that happened that made me, that made the switch flip. Except for the closest thing I put my hand is when we were presenting, sort of, for this first CADS project, for the one where I was feeling terrible about myself. It was also happening with the COVID semester, so that wasn't fun. Um, but we were presenting the final work to the client, you know, showing them and they loved it. And that's when I think my perceived knowledge hit sort of back to equilibrium where my actual knowledge was. I think it is actually important to get a confidence booster from, you know, someone who is higher up than you or someone who does know a lot more than you. And that's where I think leaders and, uh, teachers and, and mentors can come into play. I think that's probably their most important job is getting people over that hump. So that that's kind of where I was, my answer of like how to get through it, which I don't think it, yes, I think it might mean more if it's from a mentor or somebody's better, but just even having people in your life that are like, you can do this. Like oh, yeah. go for it. Like, like people, people call it support system, friend group. You. Yeah. you know, for example, like skydiving, we talk about it a lot, you know, and I've been doing it for, Two months now. Mm-hmm. And parts of that, I'm like, ah, do I really want to go? Like, mm-hmm. inside of my brain, I'm like, ah, like, oh, it's a little scary. Like, when I'm there, I have no fear. I love it. But, like, some reason why, like, Saturday morning when I wake up to go to my truck, I'm sitting like, do I really want to go? And I sit there, I'm like, well, I told them I was going to go, so I'm going to go. Yeah. Or I tell people that I'm skydiving. And so it's just like that little reminder of, okay, I can do this. Yeah, and it helps me get through that. Just th- because I think also push. like when you have that support system, like that positive reinforcement, just goes so, like such a long way. You I know think for I mean? everyone, yeah, even yeah, if people like, are like, "Oh, I don't care about people." Like, if your friend says, "Hey, man, you did great," that warms your heart a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. even makes you smile, it, makes even you day. In your in your mind, you're like, "Oh, I I was terrible." Like, yeah, and they're like, "Dude, that was so awesome," bad. or like, "Keep yeah. it up," like you you look great out there, whatever <laughs> it is. That that goes a lot longer mm-hmm. than when we say it to people. We even think it does. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, maybe that's why people don't like trying new things. Is because so few people have that. Support. Like you guys see those studies where like fifty percent of Americans like don't even have or like l- feel lonely and feel like they have no one. In Men over life. forty are like it's like eighty seven percent. Yeah, that's made. Up. I know it's high. Are depressed because they don't have friends. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like they have their wife, and that's it. Right. Yeah, even that sometimes. And you get that point where and even like generally, and this is a, a generalization, so no one yell at me, mm-hmm. guys in my environmental life and society 
don't openly talk about that. Like oftentimes don't encourage it because it can be weird to do that or whatever. Right. But when it does happen, you're like, yeah. Or like when a girl does it, like, Hey dude, you did great out there. It's like, yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah I did. Like it has, it has meaning yeah. no matter what people say or think it, it helps. It does help. And so you. I don't think that's the only way it, to get, it gives you motivation, but it helps push you into it because you sit there. And when you're in that hump, like I can't do this. And when someone yeah. sits there and is like, yes, you can, that helps you know you can. Because you can. There's also uh, looking at how far you've come, too. If you want to, yeah. you know, let's say, okay, yeah. Say you're someone who's not motivated by other people. You're a very self-motivated person. I mean, looking back at some of, like, some old stuff I wrote in R or something, which is <laughs> data science stuff, it's like, <laughs> wow, this is awful. R, like, yeah. This, this sucks. Like, I was an yeah. idiot, and now I'm way better than I was. Yeah. Or, you know, like photography. Having Natalie roast me, our oh, photographer, yeah, like Love having that her roast me, and then now roasting myself at the earlier pictures I took, and oh yeah, that, it, yeah, that's, it's good to like see progress, yeah. with it with your work, and, mm-hmm. yeah. I will say going into art critiques because the business school we didn't have that; it was all competition mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. Art school, we all saw this because we all took photo classes. You'd go into a critique. And my mindset instantly was, they're going to be here to, like, grade me poorly and tear my work apart. But the way everyone else went into art school is like, oh, they're going to tell me how I should work and be better and offer advice. Mm -hmm. And when I made that switch. And, like, no one's going to be like, oh, this is crap. But, like, that's how I felt when people were like, oh, maybe you could try this. Because my perspective was on them trying to tear me down. But when I flipped it, like, oh, they're just trying to help me be better. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. That's where my work started yeah. to take off yeah. and changed. Yeah, that's perspective. I mean, it's like the old marshmallow, uh, marshmallow building thing. <laughs> thing we did that. At, the, we did that in the, um, one of our business core classes. Yeah, like all the business students go in and they all try to take charge and compete, yeah. and their uh, marshmallow tower ends up falling apart. And, yeah. and when the, like the five year olds do it, they end up building a thing that reaches the ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It happens. Google it. It's awesome to watch. Yeah, I think I've uh, seen that before. Probably. They use it at, like, a lot of events, and they're like, look what ha- this is, you know, and then they talk about it. probably crap psych, but I, I, <laughs> it reinforces my priors, hey, so works. I believe yeah. everything about it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, it just, like, it's hard to stick with things. Mm-hmm. I think if you could admit that to yourself mm-hmm. and drop the, like, if you're too prideful to admit that you can't stick with things, that's a problem. Right. If you can drop that and sit there and be like, hey, I know this is hard. I know this is where I'm at. If you want to stick with it, I guess our advice is, like, find people that will encourage you to get yeah, through it. Find a support system. Yeah. And, you know, you can muscle down and go through it yourself, but I feel like a lot of people struggle doing it. Well, that goes back you to know. community, too, you know? Like yeah. You, have, you know, when you are starting to get good at a new thing and starting to meet people, you know, like, like you're, you were good at this with the skydiving thing, you know? You were suddenly ingrained in the community. Well, I think that's yeah. because they were open. Like if I if I didn't yeah, have true. that, I don't know if I would still like I love skydiving, but there's still been that feeling, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm getting up, I have to work on these things, I'm not as good as I thought. Like we were saying, if I w- if I didn't have that community of like, hey, you gonna come next week? Like, where you been, man? You haven't been coming. Yeah. It would be and, a lot easier not to go. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the community is like people that are going through the same thing as you. Which is really cool because, like, they've either experienced it or mm-hmm. they are experiencing it or they're, yeah. like, 
about to experience it because they're newer than you or something. Yeah. So, like, it's just all sorts of experience yeah. there, and people are going to help you out, and you're going to help them out. <laughs> I will say my toxic too, though. That's yeah, yeah. So it's finding like ones that are healthy. Yeah, yeah. Healthy communities, healthy communities that are doing that push cool you in the right shit. ways, yeah. and it's Self. not it's not peer pressured. Yeah. There's a difference between encouragement and peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, also, just you don't want to be part of a group of a holes. You know. It's yeah. Like you, if you're doing something, you should. You, if you're doing something you love, it always sucks. I feel like that might be another reason people quit things. You know, if you're doing something they love it, and right. then they end up joining the community, and it turns out the entire community are a bunch of toxic people jerks <laughs> yeah, yeah like the the disc golf community is like huge one but like it can be toxic but there's also like yeah the community that's like good and like they they help people out mm. and they give advice and critiques and stuff and so yeah. it's it but it's huge so like it can go either way. Are yeah. they like the popular disc golfers? Are they like you know the kids that are you know they got they got the, uh... <laughs> well like because disc golf is growing so much like yeah, it's, it's just it like it's I'm in like busy. Facebook groups on Facebook obviously and um, just I go to a course and like some people will like want to play with me or something like mm-hmm. like they don't have anyone else so they're like hey can I can I play with you like throw with you. It's, and it, it's cool. The the few times I've actually like done that, like it's been it's good every time. Like people are supportive, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, dude, that was such a good shot, sick <laughs> drive, dude." Yeah, like when I play disc golf and I see someone do that, I'm like, "Heck yeah, dude, that was awesome!" Like, pe- the people <laughs> people like playing disc golf, like in tournaments and stuff. They're so uh, positive, and they're like, they'll be like, if they see a good shot, they'll let you know. They're like yeah. that was a great shot, dude. Even though heard? you're competing against them, yeah, they'll still like be like, "Oh, sick drive, dude!" Respect. <laughs> Have Respect. you guys ever heard of Bowling Alone? No, no. There's a book. I think it was written in like the '90s, but the author's premise is essentially that like um, he took a look at a lot of sort of traditional social like groups, you know, and like gatherings in the United States. Mm-hmm. And he basically observed throughout the '60s, '70s, going on all throughout the '90s. Uh, PTA boards, bowling leagues, um, what do you call it? Like the Lions Clubs or whatever those are called, all saw like massive just declines over time um, to the point where, you know, when it was written in the 90s, they were at their all time low and they're still very, mm-hmm. very low. So the one he focused is why it's called bowling alone. You know, the number of people in bowling leagues is it just completely different from what it is now. Now, granted, there are other communities out there you know like skydiving and you know there's other things new things that you didn't take Mm -hmm. a look at but overall like the number of sort of social groups that there are in that just like the united states is way lower than it ever was Hmm. that was written in the 90s maybe that's why people don't like doing new things is because there's way fewer like social communities out there Hmm. i i I do think that's true i also think because people are we've got to a point where we're scared to meet new people yeah like not necessarily that blanket of a statement, but if you're going to go somewhere, a lot of times you're like, hey, hey, man, can you come with me? Who's I don't want to go there? alone. Who's going to be there? And if you don't know anyone, yeah. a lot of people wouldn't go, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm not just going to go sign up for some random bowling league. Now, I do because... Yeah, like, you want to do stuff like with, that person. like, your, your best buddies and, like, your friends and so And so it's stuff. just like you're so, you're so far in this, I guess you can call it an echo chamber, of doing this because that's all your friends do and you don't do it like you don't branch out mm-hmm. 
unless you have a friend that's like, hey, man, I want to go to this bowling league because I love bowling. Would you come with me? That way I know someone there. Because I think a lot of people struggle going somewhere alone. Because they don't know what the community is going to be like. Which I I would argue that most communities are probably pretty open. Like if someone came by themselves, I would say generally people are nice and would let them in. Right. If they don't, you don't want to be a part That's of that community. That's called a cult at that point. <laughs> <laughs> or just like, yeah, toxic community at that point. Yeah. It's just like, okay. That's a good vibe check right there. Like, okay, cool, bye. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think you're on to something, mm-hmm. but I also think there's another side to it is people just don't go to groups as much. Yeah. No, I think. Because uh, there's not, a, there might be less, yes, but maybe there's less because people also are scared to go more. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Also, social media has completely destroyed our ability to interact. We talked brother, about that on one of the episodes. Talk about that. We had a lot of beef on social media, um, and the pros of it do not outweigh <laughs> the cons. Um, like it's it's ironic that it's social media, and it's it, we put the guy the who doesn't have any media. friends in charge of human Mark Zuckerberg in charge. We're of still human coming internet. for you, Mark. <laughs> I hate that guy. I'm oh, not. I'm God. not on the I hate billionaire hate train. But he, I genuinely want to see him like. Like begging in the street <laughs> with a freaking tin cup, begging um, for pencils. FBI, he does not mean that for legal purposes. I, I'm not. I'm not. It's not. No, come on. There's no. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything to him. I hope fate does it to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know where Charlie's at with the whole Facebook thing. Oh yeah. I, um. I yeah. Social media. I, I don't know. We talked about it. It's just. It's an interesting thing out there, and it's new. And so there isn't. It's also a way that. These communities, like, form groups. People can use like, it for good. To, they're starting yeah. to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Like my skydiving group on Facebook. I'm like, sure, yeah. yeah. Or disc golf. Or, like, Parker, my friend, has his whiskey groups. Like, you his can use it group. for good. <laughs> but I think majority of it does not turn into good. That's been a lot of Facebook's marketing recently that I've noticed where um, – they have like this ad that they play showing a skateboarding mm-hmm. group. So I think. Oh, uh, I trying, did see that ad. Yeah, they're yeah. trying I mean, to that's move the only reason into, I use Facebook anymore. I don't use Facebook yeah. still. Uh, that and also, you know, uh, telling us all why the vaccine has a microchip in it. That's also <laughs> a very important reason to have Facebook. Anyways, um, no, but they're pushing more now into like actual human interaction with people, with mm-hmm. like minded yeah. people, you know, like so, going on a skateboarding group or skydiving yeah, or well, whatever, which I, that's a positive yeah. development. I'll this is actually that. a perfect segment I'll into the, the story I have to end this groups on social media. Okay. Um, so Charlie knows about this. Paul doesn't know this. Um, Please do tell. So bringing up groups on social media. Keep it secrets from me, Andrew. Yes, theory, which <laughs> I have mentioned once on this podcast. They have a big, uh, no, I'm going to start keeping things from you so we can discuss on the pod. That's oh, that's where our friendship is going. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just so you know. Like, we didn't talk about skydiving on purpose, so we can talk about it mm-hmm. on here. Um, anyway, Yes Theory, or actually it was Seek Discomfort's Instagram, posted this. It's on my hat. Posted this photo on Instagram yesterday, and in the comments it said, let's play a game, post, or, like, comment your favorite song and go through and like it if you find someone that has the same one. And if you like it, add everyone into an Instagram group and then answer the questions on the next page. And it was like, where are you from? This was on Instagram? Yes. And it was like, where are you from? Uh, What's your favorite Yes Theory video? And what's your most proud Seek Discomfort moment? And so I found one that said Laney. And I was like, yeah, I like that. Because I was scrolling through and they're all like 
you know, Adele, Taylor Swift, which I like, you know, but mm-hmm. I was trying to, I was like, where's mine? You know, Where's finally Corey? I found a Laney and there, I couldn't find Coin or Quinn. Um, so I found Laney first and I was like, I'll, I'll like it. I got added to this group and there's 12 people in it. And it just instantly became this, like everyone was messaging, getting to know each other, talking about moments. Like we seek discomfort where there's people from Europe, this person from Brisbane, Australia, Whoa. Seattle, which is important to the story here soon. Um, and people all over the world Whoa. just talking, right? I want to do and this. And it's called Laney Yes Fam. It's the Instagram now. And we got to the point where it's like, we should all go see a Laney concert together. And we don't know each other. And this is after an hour of just DMing back. And so this guy goes, I have tickets for the Seattle one November 5th. And he goes, I will pick you up from the airport if you guys come. And I said, are you serious? And he's like, yep. So... I now have a ticket to Seattle in the to Laney, and I also have a plane ticket. And this happened today in an hour worth. Whoa. And the guy is 25. He's a photographer. He lived, He met them. He met Amar, Matt, and Thomas because he lived in L.A. Yeah. And so he, would, he actually did work with them, and he just moved to Seattle. And he's like, if you guys do it, I'm down. Like, yes, fam, all the way. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I was like, in Seattle, I've never been. I have a free place to stay. The tickets are the cheapest they've ever been. It's like literally, you know how Google shows the chart of price? Uh-huh. It's very left on the, the cheap. Yeah. And now I have a ticket to see Laney in Seattle on November 5th, and I'm leaving Thursday night. The concert's Friday. Then we're going to go on an adventure on Saturday, and then I fly back Sunday. With people I never know, have never met, just because we have the, the mutual interest of yes theory and Whoa. spontaneous trips. I that is awesome. crazy, dude. Like, I, th- I th- that's literally buy a ticket in the car, and I'm like, this is hilarious. You should definitely do this. Like, off of one invite, the guy's like, because we brought up, like, as a joke, like, oh, where are we going to meet up? And the dude's like, I already have a ticket to Seattle. Anyone want to come? <laughs> and I was like, why not? Like, let's do it. Are you the See, only that's one going? What? No, there's one other person coming. And then, like, the group's still talking, because so one girl's from China. Bought, like, So he has the ticket? He has the ticket. I have a ticket now. I bought so a you had to buy... I bought a yeah. ticket. Yep. They were still and open. And you had sale. to buy an airplane ticket. Yes. Which was okay. actually very, very yeah. cheap. Mm. Mm. So, see, that's uh, what I always wanted the see, internet that's amazing. to be. That's what I always wished the internet would be before it got cucked up and it was suddenly like, oh, it's going to be everyone's just going <laughs> to interact virtually and we're all just going to see. We're going to, you know what? Hey, 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 poke. Oh my god! Facebook so cool. poke. <laughs> I oh forgot that's god, a thing, dude. dude. So cool. Can you still we're gonna poke? Get, I think poke you can. Can you still poke I, on Facebook? We're gonna awkwardly. That's gonna be flirting in eighth grade. It's gonna be I so poked, cool. Hey, and then you you go to class the next morning. You're like, dude, I poked hey, her. Yeah, I poked you on Facebook. Why didn't you, why didn't you like interact or yeah. respond or whatever yeah. it's called? No, yeah, and then we're gonna you know why didn't what? you we're poke me give, back? We're gonna give children a bunch of freaking visual stimulus, and they're just gonna be staring at this thing for hours, and that's how they're gonna interact with each other forever. That's what you do when you you put human interaction, you give it to Online. a sociopath. Yeah. Well, it's, you, well, you put you put a sociopath in charge of human interaction. I love how much you're going for Mark the guy Zuckerberg. put like horse heads on his like dorm room wall, and it was supposed to be like ex. That's gonna be the title of, of the podcast. Mark Zuckerberg, we're coming for you. No, I'm not coming for. It. I just hope fate does, or the FBI, or like you know the Supreme Court, the antitrust. <laughs> I actually don't think it's a monopoly, but either way, 
No, it's not. But uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I hate. So him. the internet should do that more often. Connect because I would have never met these people. That's amazing. Yeah, that's what and I. Yeah. I want that. That's I wasn't even gonna do it, but I was like, why not? Like, I love meeting people. Can I people. still do that? Yeah, they post it. Go find a group. Bet. Can, like, I'm serious. I will. I thought about joining After more just because, like, also the amount of. This is just so cool because these people don't know each other. One girl started opening up about like her life and how work has been depressing her and like her anxiety and all these people started flooding with like, hey, like I've been there. This is where like I did and how I am now. And she's like, this is literally what I needed to hear. That's what Yik Yak kind of, oh, speaking of which, the oh, Yak, yik is, yak back. is back. The Yak is back. But <laughs> Yik Yak, <laughs> it was pretty toxic most of the time. But there were times when like someone would say like, oh, I'm like really depressed, you know, yeah. I'm sad. And people would just, like, flood them with, you know, like, positivity mm-hmm. and, like, you know, all this stuff. And, like, please, you can, here's all these mental yeah. health resources and stuff. That's what the internet could be if yeah. it wasn't such a toxic It's cesspool. so toxic. You Dude, know? Yikak it was so cool. It's so cool. I forgot to so tell you, by the way, that group was encouraging you to skydive. Because I said, hey, my friend's going skydiving. They're all like, he's got it. Let's go, man. That's what I'm saying. It could The internet could be such it can, a It is that. Thing. It can be that. So, it like, it is. That. It has that. It has negative sides. Just use it for that good. It's also but got positive. Instead, the most important thing in the world is that, uh, you know, we're not unfair to people spread saying that the measles vaccine has the mark of the beast in it uh, because otherwise, oh, my God. Like, that's you can tell Charlie get. comes from a medical family and does a lot of data. With- and I hate stupid people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so I'm going to see Lanny that's with, amazing. Uh, in Seattle. That's amazing. Yeah. So off of a hour long conversation. Well, they're still messaging in the group chat. It's been going off all day. I love but, that. Um, it's so positive. That's amazing. Yeah. So positive. Yeah. I mean, then they got into like, what's your favorite colors and talked about like why. And, <laughs> you know, we did the generals. We did deep stuff. What color <laughs> do what you see me as? Uh, huh? What is your favorite color? Uh, I would say red in generally, but darker reds like maroon or something like That's that. That's my favorite okay. color, cool. dude. I know we've had this conversation several times. <laughs> Dang. Not on the pod, though. Not on the pod. Yeah, That's true. My pod. favorite color is red. Mine's blue. Uh, I, I like yeah. maroon. And purple. Aqua and purple. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah. so tell us your favorite colors in the tip jar. <laughs> <laughs> or just in the comments or wherever you want to do it. And give us a detailed um, explanation why at least 500 words. Yep. Cite sources. <laughs> but, I don't know. Moral of that story is... Just like, freaking do it. Just do it. Yeah. Like, do it. Human connection is awesome. Meeting people is awesome. I love the way you put it. It's like community, like, can mean so much. It can bring so much. And so, like, yep. when you try new things, because you never got into this part, like, one of the benefits is the community, yeah. the feelings you get. You might find something you love or you find something you hate. Guess what? You know you don't like that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason not to try new things. And just find that community that helps you get through it, I think. Yeah, and also, I mean, there are people who suffer from, like, social anxiety and things yep. like that. And we're not trying to, like, know yourself. that as, 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 like, you've got nothing, you know. You, you've mm-hmm. got nothing to worry about. Like, obviously, if you do, but, um, yeah. And we're not trying to discredit that at all. We're just no, saying, no, no, no. Like, it's more like, know it's yourself. Easy. It's very easy to build up those things in your head. Know your limits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I would say, like, at the end of the day, push yourself just a little bit. Yeah. And yeah, see what growth happens. happens outside the comfort zone. Using old so, cliche. Yeah, yeah. What's the uh, what's the challenge for this week, Andrew? Ooh, I haven't been thinking of this. My challenge of the week for the people is: look at your life, find something new you've tried recently, 
and ask yourself like why you stopped. And then do it's it. It's a again. simple one. Well, if they like it, yeah, go for it again. This yeah. is me telling you as your encouragement, you are good enough. You can do it. Believe in yourself. Look at the cat poster that says, hang on there in the corner of your room. You can do it. So go do it if you liked it. If not, go do something new this week. That's my challenge. I like it. That's a good one. Um, yeah, we are a little over time. So, Charlie, any last things you want to say to the people, whether it's about data or trying new things or you know anything off the top of your head? You'll probably be back on eventually, so there will be part two sometime. Oh, yeah, definitely. This was fun. Um, yeah, basically, I kind of like that challenge. Do Andrew's challenge. And also, if you are in that sort of dip in the Dunning-Kruger effect of, you know, oh, my God, I'm not as good at this as I thought, just take a look back and see how far you've come, you know? Kind of just open your first, like, whatever, project or file or attempt at doing something and then yeah. uh, laugh about how bad it is and then <laughs> be happy about how good what you do uh, what you're doing now yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Paul, Love it. any final remarks from the man named Paul? <laughs> That's me. Uh, yeah, like I mean, like Charlie was saying, just go do it. Like, even if, like, you've struggled with it in the past and, like, you're like, oh, I'll never be I'll never be as good as so-and-so or mm-hmm. I'll never like master it. Who cares if you enjoy it? Keep doing it. Yeah. Just have fun with it. I'll add one last thing onto that. Realistically, there's always going to be someone better than you. And so you can constantly compare yourself to someone that's better than you. Unless you're the best. There's never a best. <laughs> there's always Just, the best. Anyway, Paul, <laughs> it doesn't matter what other people is. It's, it's about you. Like, yeah. like Charlie said, if you look back a year ago and you were there and now you're here, that's a win. It's you versus you. It's not you versus the world. Like, realize that mm-hmm. you shouldn't be comparing yourself to others. Just yeah. compare yourself that's to that past self. That's like a funny meme I saw real that's quick. That's why I said yeah, who cares. All right, so I saw, it was a meme. It was basically this guy. He's, like, doing modern art. You know, it's very cartoony, but he's doing modern art. And he says, I'll never be as good as the old masters. And it goes back to someone um, probably from, you know, like the 1800s. And it's like, oh, I'll never be as good as the old masters. And then another guy doing art in probably the Renaissance era. And it's like, oh, I'll never be as good as the old masters. And then the last one is like a caveman <laughs> looking at a drawing of like a stick figure. And it just said, I'm the best. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, like don't compare yourself to others. That's great advice. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just go I'll for it, I'll never be as good guys. as the old masters. Just go for they it. were probably saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Let us know what you do too. Like yeah. I, I would be amped just to hear like whether it's we want to hear your stories for yeah. the fifth time. We want to know. I like knowing that stuff. Like I don't know. We want to cool. know. Um. But anyway, that is that's kind of all we got for today. Um. But one last thing, a message from our sponsors because I didn't do that earlier. My bank account or Project Unaware, if you want to call it that. Check it out, projectunaware.com. Um, there's a blog, podcast, probably future in the, in the making, clothing, brand, because it's cool design and stuff. So, yeah, go check that out. Support us. Um, design coming soon. Design's coming soon. Um, Should we do people that owe us money? Like, let's see, HelloFresh. <laughs> HelloFresh. Uh, <laughs> Facebook. Uh, Skydive Cincinnati. I hyped you up a lot. <laughs> He's even wearing your, like, gator. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, just check us out. Um, we'd appreciate it. Let us know what you think. But that is it for today. Make sure to follow us up on social. And uh, we, we love you. And you. see you next week. See you next week. Sleaze. Sleaze. Yeah, say sleaze. Sleaze. <laughs> 